you're not imagining things with that sneaking suspicion that clothes no longer last as long as they used to. Planned obsolescence is one of the cornerstones of the fast fashion market that sees Australians buy and dispose of hundreds of thousands of tonnes of clothing a year. In fact, Australia is one of the highest consumers of textiles in the world. And the industry's not particularly environmentally friendly at any stage of a garment's life cycle. Our next guest has become part of the solution. As one of four chemical recyclers in the world, with a recycling facility in Queensland, he and his co-founder are changing the life cycles of garments. Adrian Jones is from the textile recycler Blocktex. Adrian, welcome to Saturday Extra. Good morning and thanks for having me. You were in Milan, I understand, for the world's largest international textile and garment technology exhibition called ITMA. What exactly is that, please? Um, yes, ITMA is a uh, fair that's held every uh, four years and it brings together from around the world all the manufacturers uh, of, of textile manufacturing equipment. So there's, it's a vast thing. It uh, has over 18 halls. It's uh, had over 140, over 150,000 visitors. But it's a way to showcase all the technology that's going on in the world in how to make garments. And the reason why Graham and I went there is that everybody's talking around sustainability and how green their garments are. But we look at this equipment kind of in, re in reverse because if people, are, if people use all this equipment to make these very complex garments, we have to try and work out how to unpick these garments so we can recycle them. So we went there to have a look at all the equipment and also work out how we can use that equipment in reverse to uh, recycle garments. And what did you take away? Who, who's leading the pack then? Well, I think we met uh, our fellow collaborators in this space, in the chemical textile recycling space. There's four of us in the world in this space, uh, two in the US, one in Europe and ourselves in Australia. And I think it was, it was a very pleasant um, meeting for all of us, but also it was good for Graham and I to see that Blocktex has certainly... Uh, I would say we are world leading in our scale. We've certainly got more scale in production now than any of our competitors around the world and our technology is uh, equal to theirs. And so I think it was really reassuring to see that a small Australian company is certainly punching its weight on the world, on the world scale. But I think you also told my producer that the EU is really way ahead of Australia in terms of both investor confidence and policy changes. I think that's absolutely right. I mean, there's two things that are really clear in Europe for us. The first is that um, governments, uh, both at a federal level and at a sort of super, uh, a super national level across the European Union itself, are taking textile recycling and textile waste very, very seriously. They are passing much more um, mandatory uh, and... Uh, uh, compelling legislation than we have seen uh, yet in Australia. Um, Whereas we're voluntary, aren't we? Well, we, uh, we, we, uh, Minister Plibersek announced a uh, extended producer responsibility scheme, essentially a textile take-back scheme about three weeks ago. But that scheme is voluntary, and I think six retailers out of the something like 1,800 in Australia signed up for it. So I think um, the EU has got bored of people trying uh, of voluntary schemes and is making most of these schemes around consumer take-back, producer take-back, 
paper. They're making them mandatory. And I think that is a policy direction we're going to have to go in. So there's a lot more policy legislation around how to collect textiles. So, for example, 2025 in Europe, you can't put any of your textiles into your household rubbish. Um, they don't yeah. have landfill. And so, therefore, there's going to have to be a significant amount of uh, significantly more collection of this uh, textile waste. Uh, but 2025, no textiles in the bin. Um, can you imagine the impact of that? No, goodness. In That's Australia. quite extraordinary, and, isn't and it? And also, you know, so the, they're also banning the export of unwearable clothes. And Graham and I think this is a really important point because if you think of a Coke bottle or a Fanta bottle or any, any kind of drink bottle, it's made of polyester. 60% of our garments are made of polyester. So we've banned the export of Coke bottles. We can't export soft plastics over overseas, but we can still export textiles. So there's something paradoxical in policy about that. <laughs> now, for, for anyone who doesn't understand chemical recycling, could you please tell us how it works? Certainly, and I'll keep this at top level because um, it is quite technical. But essentially, what chemical t uh, recycling does, it, it actually works at a molecular level. So all our garments, our, so to say, so for example, our bed sheets are made of two primary components, uh, polyester and cotton. And we have a, uh, a patent patented process, which we invented here in Australia, which allows us to use chemicals and temperature and pressure in a controlled environment to physically um, separate the polyester from the cotton so they both remain intact but separated. What that then produces is two clean work streams, one of pure polyester, which we clean, remelt, and we extrude that into little pellets, which can go back into fibres or can go back into injection moulding, but we make a raw material. And the cotton... The cotton is reduced to its building block of cellulose and then we uh, decant and dewater, take all the water out and produce a really thick clay. Now that clay could go back into fabrics such as viscose or lyocells, but we actually, in, in Australia, we, we convert it into a hydro mulch, which is used for land reclamation on large infrastructure projects. So we take what is perceived as a textile waste, which is going to go into landfill, and we convert it into two raw materials, recycled polyester pellets, I can go on to, into other uses, and a recycled um, uh, uh, cellulosic clay, which we call Celtex, which goes off into hydro mulching. Does it lose quality? Is it fundamentally alter in this process? No, the polyester, polyester is quite a... a a robust polymer, um, as long as you don't sort of uh, melt it to a point that you actually burn it and destroy its molecular structure. Polyester is kind of a forever chemical if you if you, you can reuse it and reuse it. And that's what we like about chemical recycling as opposed to mechanical recycling because we actually separate it down to its individual building blocks, therefore we can find it again. So if we, in, if we take uh, bed sheets and we recycle those into polyester and cotton and the polyester is used in coat hangers, when those coat hangers are broken or snapped, they can be returned to Blocktex and we can recycle them again. How many chemical recyclers are there around the world? Uh, in terms of who's doing dealing with blended fibres, which are the hardest ones to deal with, because like, if you take pure cotton, you can do that. But in terms of the blended fibres, there's four of us. And Blocktex is one, of them, is, is one of them, a small Australian company based in Logan Home in Queensland. Yeah, we're up there punching our weight on the world stage. Can you estimate how much you do divert from landfill then? 
I wonder? Yes, we can, because we have uh, our initial plant has been scaled. Uh, We built the initial plant at 4,000 tonnes of per annum input, and we're scaling that to 10,000 tonnes per annum uh, by the end of this year, early next. And then we we, we want to build a second plant in New South Wales after that of around 30 to 40,000 tonnes. So over the next two years, block techs will have the ability to divert between 40 and 50,000 tonnes of textiles from from landfill in Australia. I understand you employ people from the NDIS sector and the prison sector and you're partnering, for instance, with The Big Issue. Why did you make these decisions? Well, it's it's a really good point and thank you for raising this because I think our business, all the, all the technology of our business is what we describe as behind the gate, i.e. once we've received the materials. But when we started this process, I think Graham and I were a little naive about the preparation of the, of the product before we can recycle it. So, for example, we work with a lot of workwear companies and we get a lot of uniforms. Now, those uniforms have zips on and buttons on, and those Zips may be made of metal. Now, we can't recycle metal directly in our process, so we have to remove them. Um, and so we started to work with various uh, providers in the NDIS sector, uh, such as Endeavour and, uh, uh, and uh, the Health Foundation um, up in Queensland and, um, and Multicap. And we started actually working with them to actually employ people in that sector with physical and mental disabilities who, who actually need and want to have, to have work. And so we pay um, a, 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 a minimum wage and But people work in that sector and they take the buttons off and they take the zips off and they take the bags off things. And then, we, then we've extended that because our business has got bigger and we've got more and more volume. We've now extended that through positive relationships with the Queensland government. We've now started working with Queensland Correctional Services and we have inmates within both the male and the female prisons who are also taking the buttons and the zips off off garments. They mm. both they get paid a wage, which means they have a um, some savings when they leave prison. And we're also constructing pathways for employment outside of the prison system, so these uh, these inmates can actually have a more uh, a more positive uh, a set of experiences once they leave the uh, um, penal system. Look, finally, I must just ask you about uh, Tanya Plibersek's announcement yes. of the voluntary scheme due to start. This month, yes, uh, on next year, July of next year, yes. that would see a levy of four cents per item uh, added to the item's purchase price, and and that's their contribution to sort of the f- funding the clean up of of textiles. Now, is this is this just one part of what you think is necessary? I think EPR schemes are very necessary. I think that as this scheme, and we applaud the fact that we have an EPR scheme in place. I think the f- there's some fundamental issues around the economics of the scheme. Four cents per garment is just not enough. And I think people just have to realise that, that if you wish to make garments, then to recycle them completely, not only just the collecting of the garment in the retailer, but the transport of that garment to the recycler, the cost of taking the buttons off, all of that has a cost. And we can't just assume that four cents covers it because it it does not. Well, actually, can I just interrupt you? Because actually listeners are asking, how do they send their stuff to block? Uh, well, the uh, the most important way to do that at, at the moment, uh, we would still recommend that you go via um, uh, charities. 
that we we work with, such as Vinny's, um, and uh, we can collect from there. If you're a company, if you're a corporate client, please contact us directly. And for consumer clients, we still work through the charities because we still have a lot of work to do in how we yeah. sort. And that's what we're in an investment raising round now. And part of that is to work out how we actually sort better before the gate. So that will be part of that part of that next uh, round of capital sp- uh, spending. Oh, very interesting. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. Adrian Jones from the from Blocktex, the Australian textile recycling company, and Blocktex will be featured on the latest season of War on Waste, and that comes out on July the 25th. I'm sure you're looking forward to that. And while I'm on promotions, I should have added this at the end of our discussion about private militia. If you want to understand them more, uh, can I recommend Hamish McDonald's podcast, Take Me to Your Leader? It's an, in a new episode, Hamish looks at the, uh, frankly, bizarre life and career of Yevgeny Prigozhin, uh, the Wagner head. It's really quite extraordinary listening, he tells me. Now, you can find that right now on the ABC Listen app. Well, up next here in Saturday Extra, after 30 years of exploring France on foot, in the library and across thousands of miles on a bike, the author Graham Robb will take us on a new history of France. ABC RN helps you understand the world. Find more of our stories on the ABC Listen app.